Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new series on Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, Drew's College Athlete Spotlight. And we're bringing you episode one today. My name's Drew Skyberg, no Jordan Lorenz today, and it's probably going to be like that for the rest of the series. It might just be me talking to some college athletes and whatnot. We got a special guest for our first episode to kick it off, a Division Three track and field competitor. We already had him on the show before. Johnny Tim and Johnny, we go back a few years. I mean, I've known you for a while. How are you doing today? Great, Drew. I'm great. And yeah, a few years, I'd say, wow, that first grade, second grade, come to think of it, we do go back. Yeah, it's been some time. And yeah, we, so basically this series, we're going to, I'm going to be talking to some college athletes. We're going to talk about what it's like, the recruiting, you know, in high school, how did it, what made you want to pursue playing this sport in college and all that good stuff. And we're also going to be talking some college football today as well, because as you know, we had Johnny Tim on to talk football and that's his, that's his bread and butter. We can, you could call him Johnny football if you really wanted to, but <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to be previewing the Notre Dame Wisconsin game this Saturday at soldier field. So that's going to be a big game. And uh, first we got to get started with something special here to my week two podcast league recap. Week two of the 16-team podcast league has officially come to a close here, and boy, oh boy, we had some thrilling matchups. Let's get right into it. First up, Team Alex, Team Jeff. Team Alex comes out with the dub here, 139.98 to 131.16. Team Alex gets first dub of the year. Team Jeff falls to 0-2. Notable players for Team Alex, Cooper Cup, 36.8. TJ Hawkinson, 20.6. Notable players for Team Jeff. Josh Allen, 16.66 points only. Aaron Jones, 41.5. Bills defense, 22 points on the dot. Next matchup. Team Caden edges Team Clay in a comeback victory, 143.66 to 137.98. Team Caden goes to 2-0 here in the Skyberg division. Team Clay falls to 0-2, however. And Caden had a wonderful comeback this week. Lamar Jackson, 32.26 points for him. Brandon Cooks, 22.8. Travis Kelsey, 23.9. And then for the Bucks Believer, he had Derrick Henry this week. So you know he did well with scoring points-wise. 47.7 points for him. Julio Jones, 18.8 points as well. Michael Pittman, 20.3. So he had a pretty good week there. But he falls to 0-2. That's how fantasy works sometimes. Next game, Team Carter against Team Zach. Team Zach in a blowout victory, 107.48 to 74.22. Team Zach had everything going for him this week. I mean, he had a better matchup as well. And let's look at it. Devontae Adams, 20.1. Chris Carson, 15.1. Dak only puts up 7.48. But like when I like I said, better matchup. Team Carter only put up 74.22 points. So didn't matter who, I mean, it mattered who Zach played because a lot of the team or the teams we just mentioned, they would have ended up beating Zach. So Team Carter, however, yeah, rough week indeed. Saquon only puts up 8.9. Patty Mahomes still puts up 24.002 points, so nothing much there, though, however, for the rest of the team. Landry got hurt, so that really hurt his team 1.9. San- Jason Sanders of the Dolphins ended up not getting any opportunity to kick, really, so that hurt him as well. And then the Cardinals defense puts up one point against the Vikings. So just a rough week for Team Carter. He's against me the net this upcoming week. So we'll see how that game goes next week of games. However, team Caden and then double trouble Mara and Mal. So at 112 to 68.92 victory, 
for double trouble there. And yeah, one of these weeks again where you put up 112 points, pretty good. Would have lost a lot of other people in the league, but when you face someone who puts up 68.92 points, you're going to win. So Trevor Lawrence for Team Caden didn't do much. Nobody around the team really did much other than Diggs. Cooper was questionable during the game, 5.4 only for him. Colts defense, 11 points. When the when your defense is your second highest score, you're bound to have not so great of a week, and that's kind of what we saw here. However, double trouble. They started Kyler Murray, Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara only had seven, but Kyler Murray had 33. And then DJ Moore also put up 21.9. Daryl Henderson had 17.2. So big week for those guys. Kind of carried them to the dub there. One and one for both teams now. Next next game. Johnny Tim, the guy who we're about to listen to, talk some college track, loses 109.54 to 114.4 against Team Derek. And Team Derek started Jalen Hurts, who had a big week, 21.8. Najee Harris, 19.1. Chris Godwin, 16.2. Deontay Johnson, 19.5. And then Team Timmy, Johnny's team, 29.64 points for Tom Brady. McLaurin, 27.7. And other than that, that was really it for his team. Not, not many high scores there. All right, here's a shocker. Devin Argel beats Team Alex, 92.3 to 87.3. Devin is 2-0. He drafted an agent to Dylan first round. I believe he drafted Gronk in the third round, and he is 2-0 right now. He got kind of lucky with who he played. They only put up 87.3 points this week. But, hey, 92 points was all he needed for the dub. And, I mean, 87.4 points was actually all he needed. And he got it. So Devin goes to 2-0 and here. I can't believe I'm saying it. No offense, Devin. I cannot believe he's 2-0. He's sitting on top of the Lorenz division. He's alone at first place of the Lorenz division. Nobody would have expected that coming in. They would have thought he would have been 0-2. No offense, Devin, again. But just interesting how fantasy comes out sometimes. Aaron Rodgers for him, 26.8 points. Rob Gronkowski, the guy he drafted, 19.9 for him. And then Matt Prater, 12 points for him. So he got big production from his kicker as well. Then for Team Alex, Matt Ryan, 16.3 only. Tyreek Hill, only 5.9. Calvin Ridley, 19.3. And yeah, so Devin, 2-0. Team Alex, 1-1. Next next game, the Jordan Lorenz played Team Otis and Jordan Lorenz comes out with the dub here, 127.82 to 118.52. And yeah, Jordan Lorenz gets his first dub of the year after that upsetting, embarrassing loss to Devin last week. He got some production out of Baker, Mayfield, 17.52. Eckler, 22.5. Tyler Lockett, 31.8. Schuster, 16.4. Then for Team Otis, 17.22 points out of Stafford. McCaffrey, 24.7. Cortland Sutton, 24.9. Now for our final game, yours truly, Team Drew beats Team Jacob 106.72 to 103.62. I, and I just edged this out. And before, like I said, you, I mentioned 0.1 points, really 0.01, whatever. But this game came down to almost decimals at some points in this game. I was winning by like 0.04 or something ridiculous at one point. It was crazy game. It really depended on how the Packers defense was playing because – Came down to me having Tunyon and the Packers defense, and I needed uh, like 13 something points, and I just had it. I was at like 13 point like six or whatever, so I was up by like point zero something, and then they got a turnover. Packers got a turnover or something, and it just 
flipped the game. I and I went up, got a three point dub here, and so big big week for some of the guys on the football team though. For for Team Jacob, he had Russell Wilson twenty three point three two. Nick Chubb with a decent week, 16.8. Robbie Anderson, however, disappointing, 6.8. For Team Drew, however, Justin Herbert, only 14.72 points. He's been disappointing so far. Jonathan Taylor, only 6.3 points. So Team Drew ended up winning. I mean, Marvin Jones, 17.5. Justin Jefferson, 18.5. Just a balanced week. Yeah, I started the Packers defense. Probably shouldn't do that anymore. But, hey, they got the job done. They got the six points I needed to win. So that rounds out week two of the 16-team podcast league, and let's get back to our special. All right, Drew, thank you for the podcast league recap, and it was a great week, which I just discussed, and uh, let's now get into the the good part here, the episode now that we're at. So let's get started right away, Johnny, here. We're going to talk. We're going to talk about the game. So this this Saturday, I believe it's at 7 o'clock, Notre Dame, Wisconsin at Soldier Field. Yep, and... This I think game, it's a n- noon kickoff. Noon kickoff. Okay, thank you. Um, yep. yeah, it's gonna be some good stuff here, indeed. And uh, just coming in, the main thing about this game, obviously, is Notre Dame's quarterback Jack Cohn transferred from Wisconsin to Notre Dame, and uh, really Wisconsin. They chose Graham Mertz, basically, is what happened here. And so far, Jack Cohn is looking like an absolute stud. And Johnny, what have you seen out of Jack Cohn so far from Notre Dame? I've seen some unbelievable play. I was fortunate to have watched the Florida State game, and wow, he uh, played great. A lot better than I would have expected. I mean, really, transferring is either make or break for college athletes. That seems like such a common trend now, especially among the quarterback position. But I knew Jack Cohn was a great player at Wisconsin, but what he's doing at Notre Dame, not going to knock on wood yet, but he is playing at a Heisman quarterback level. He really is. And I, I think on some uh, pages, I've seen him on the Heisman leaderboard so far to start the year. So that's something yeah. Badger fans are not happy to see because uh, Graham Mertz has not been great so far this year. I mean, he played pretty well against Eastern Michigan, but it's Eastern Michigan. And yeah. just the performance week one we saw from uh, against Penn State was abysmal. And um, I guess that game just really shocked me. Is this real? Is this Graham Mertz you thought we were going to see coming into the year? I'm going to be honest. Coming off of how he performed last year, I really didn't expect him to be all that special. I mean, we all expected him to be the starting quarterback as a freshman back in 2019 when Jack Cohen emerged to lead Wisconsin to the Big Ten Championship. But obviously, Graham Mertz was this big hype recruit Wisconsin got. Just hasn't been performing to what we expected. Looking at his season stats here, zero touchdown throws to two interceptions. So... Great ratio there. And then other than that, he's only thrown for 326 yards. So, plus he, he has three veteran receivers in Danny Davis, Fergus, Jake Ferguson, and Kendrick Pryor. And it's just not being utilized right now. And Wisconsin offensive line is definitely nothing to sneeze at considering their historic run game. But uh, I, I just expected a lot more out of Graham Burtz as a whole not just this year, but his entire career with Wisconsin. Yeah, and many Wisconsin fans are so far disappointed in his play. And like you mentioned, zero touchdowns, two interceptions through two games. Not a good look here. And as we know, they had this past weekend off, and now, yeah, coming into this big game. But right now, Wisconsin is actually seen as the favorites. Uh, they're minus five and five and a half point favorites right now. 
according um, to the line, the the sports book. And uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of shocking to see there based on how Wisconsin's kind of played. And I mean, we see Notre Dame at coming in at three and oh, and as well, as well. And yeah, I, I guess we were doing some, we were doing some score predictions on our podcast for Monday's episode. And um, I guess let's do that right here. Johnny, I want to hear, what do you think the final score will be and who wins? Um, for starters, whoever wins is going to be the winner of the turnover battle. I mean, that's both teams have very strong defenses and potentially good offenses. Now, the reason I say potential is because we're looking at how Notre Dame played against Toledo in that first half. uh, That's not a pretty, not a pretty game. And then only putting up 27 to Purdue. I mean, yeah, big 10 team and all, but I, I was expecting Notre Dame to score a little more. But I feel I feel like it'll be a, so one one of the halves. I'm guessing I'm gonna say the first half is gonna be very low scoring, and then both teams are gonna kind of figure themselves off out offensively in the second half. So I'm gonna go with the final score being uh 28-21. Yeah, pretty even even on the offensive defensive side, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put it towards Wisconsin. I've been a badge fan my whole life. I can't go against them. I'm sorry. That's how you got to go. And I don't, <laughs> I don't recall what, what prediction I made Monday, but I'm, I know I picked Wisconsin winning. I know I picked low scoring. So I'll do that again here. I'll choose a little different prediction. So I get two guesses. So right. I'm going to go 21, 17, Wisconsin. And I, I like Wisconsin's defense a lot so far this year. And mm-hmm. I'm going to choose them. Cause I believe uh, this, I think seven points were only given up to Eastern Michigan and they weren't even, um, it was a pick six. So it wasn't even the defense that was kind of their fault. So um, uh, I will, yeah, I'm going to go 21, 17 Wisconsin wins. I think Jack Cohen plays well. I think, I don't think, I don't know how well Graham Mertz plays. I think he plays okay, but I think the running game is kind of how, how the Badgers win this game here. And uh, yeah, this is a great test for this Wisconsin team as well. And I'm just really looking forward to this game Saturday. I'll be watching. I know you'll be watching and um, yeah, we'll be definitely uh, maybe on the Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports. We might make a post about the game. Maybe we'll do a score prediction for the game. We'll, we'll wait and see how, what we do there, but I'm looking forward to this game. And I'm also looking forward to talking about your college sport career. So now we're going to move into that here. And first I want to start, I want to kind of talk about high school for you in track. Cause we're talking track and field and I want to talk about like, what events did you start? Like, when did you start competing in track and what events did you do? All right, Drew. Um, I actually did not start track till my sophomore year. Even then I was a little on the edge of what I wanted to do. I mean, I, I played baseball my whole life and by sophomore year, I was just like, it's just, it, it just isn't it for me anymore, but I really wanted to occupy myself during the spring. So I figured, Hey, why not? Why not track? I mean, I've heard from a lot of guys at Reedsville High School that it was a lot of fun. We had two great coaches, one of them also a former St. Norbert track athlete. And it, I loved the sound of it. So I really I had some identity issues during that track season. I was everywhere from hurdles to high jump to sprints to mid-distance relays. And I really couldn't find something I was really strong at. But my primary role was high jumper. And that's why I was like, all right, I might as well put majority of my focus to that. Because, I mean, I also played basketball, so I mean, jumping high was pretty important to me. But all in all, it was a very disappointing sophomore year. I finished 10th in the conference in high jump with a personal record of five foot four, And 
I had a lot of big plans for junior year, but obviously that was the COVID spring season and all that, all the high hopes for a good year were crushed. Yeah. And um, so, okay, you go ahead. Go, go ahead. Oh yeah. I, I just want to mention, yeah, you, you mentioned basketball. I mean, that's, that's a big thing in the Tim family as we know. And uh, I think high jump, I think track was a great decision from move from baseball to track it, keep yourself involved and whatnot. And plus, yeah, jumping, I mean, basketball, like that's what you do. I mean, didn't you play center your your senior year power forward? I mean, where where I play? did, I did. Yeah, so I think I think I'm sure track really helped you out there in the jumping aspect and whatnot. And uh, yeah, so let's hear more about the track story. Yeah, and then when I started looking at colleges, I hadn't even thought about like college cross or I did. I also did cross country and track, but I had never thought of either of those for a college sport. Until my senior year of cross country, I had a pretty good year. I strictly did cross country, similar to how I started track, to get in shape for basketball. But I don't know. I just found I enjoyed it. And it's like, hey, maybe I could take this to the next level. So senior year of before senior year of track, I had gotten contact with St. Norbert's cross country coach. He also coaches track. But at this time, I had no idea what to expect from senior year of track. So I wanted to get my options out there quick. And I actually made a visit with them for cross country. And I mean, I, we know how that sport is. At Ballard's, it's a religion. For me, it was just for game shape for basketball. And But I worked at it enough and I was expecting to go to St. Albert strictly for cross country. Then the senior year of track comes around and I came out of the gates and I surprised myself with clearing my current PR at 510, my first meet. And I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe this is more me because I don't know about you, Drew, but running 10 miles a day all summer, it's made for mm. some people, a lot of people around Valors, but definitely not for me. Yeah. And uh, for sure. And um, was there like a moment your senior year that like, you were like, Hey, I can, I can, I can compete and track at the next level. Was it, was there a moment for you where that just kind of hit you? There definitely was. It was, it wasn't until mid-May when I finally got to high jump. I had my wisdom teeth pulled out early May, so I couldn't do much all that. So when I first did high jump, I think it was second or third week of May, and I cleared 510. Now, my cross-country cross coach at St. Norbert told me to inform him how I did throughout the year in two-mile because I was training for college cross-country. And I told him I, hadn't, I didn't run two-mile that day because – my wisdom teeth were still bothering me a little bit for the pole, but I informed him of my high jump techniques. And he was like, Hmm, maybe we can make something out of that instead. Mm. So the season went on and competed at conference, won my first conference title for an individual events. There was a great experience for that. And so I was all in for at the time to do cross country and track, although I I would drop out of the cross country program because I, I, from there I was like, all right, I know I'm way more competitive at high jump and like, thanks cross country. You got me in a lot of shape, but just wasn't for me, you know? So as the season went on, we had regionals for high jump and I, I went to regionals expecting a little more of myself, but I had a very terrible performance. I did make sectionals, but I was a little skeptical of my performance there. And then comes a day of sectionals, 
the top four of sectionals make state. And I was projected seventh. About an hour before the meets, my stomach was not feeling okay. And I tell myself, like, oh, my gosh, this is not at all what I was hoping for. And right as we're about to compete, the St. Norbert track coach shows up. I look at the stands, and there's Coach Augustine sitting there waiting for me to start my day. I, that That's when it all hit me. It's like, he's going to see me, and he's and like, this could be the end because I'm not in a position to perform today. And like as it turns out, I ended up doing very well that day. I don't know what hit me, but there's a wave of adrenaline, and I ended up taking second at sectionals, and it was on to the state meet, which I – my last season of my last high school sports, I couldn't have asked any anything better to finish at the red track at UW Lacrosse. That also was a great experience. And although I did not perform the best there, it was a great, great time, definitely. And I had the privilege of watching my teammate Brian Grachik win two state titles in both 110 and 300 hurdles. So although my track story is kind of short, considering I've only had two real seasons. Definitely grateful for my time in high school with track and definitely now zero regrets, zero regrets. Awesome. And um, so would you say your best track moments so far, would it be making it to state? Yes, most definitely. Awesome. And that that's great to hear. And I want to, okay. Now, I mean, we, we talked a little about the, about the recruiting process, but, but like, I want to hear about like why St. Norbert college, did you have any other colleges reach out to you or like what made you choose the pier as the place to go to college. I had looked at a lot of other smaller colleges in the area. I, I had two older brothers go to St. Mary's in Winona, Minnesota. One of them played basketball there. And so watching them go there and seeing that they enjoyed it, like the scenery, I'm like, yeah, like maybe, maybe this is me too. And then uh, my parents go up to me and they're like, we scheduled a visit for St. Norbert College. No, I had not even considered St. Norbert College mm. uh, as of last summer because the biggest thing for me was the price tag. Oh, that was a big turnoff for me. And but I, I was like, might as well tour it. And lo and behold, I tour it and I, I found a gem. St. Norbert College is unlike any other. So and, you, go ahead. And like, I, at the time I wasn't even considering college sports because I knew St. Norbert competes like at the national level or close to it in every sport or at least that's their goal but then eventually after I made my commitments I made my enrollment deposit and it was actually the day after when I got the email from the track coach asking me if I was interested in competing at the next level so uh, a week or two later I was there for a visit and like I I saw what they had going on and I was all in. Awesome. And then, so we've been talking a bunch about other flags. We got to talk a little about academics here. So what's okay. your, what, what are your plans? Like, what do you, what do you want to major in? Not to look like I'm copying Mr. Jordan Lorenz or anything, but I, I too am an aspiring sports broadcaster and the communications program at St. Norbert is like second to none especially in the Green Bay area where there's a lot of internship opportunities. I'm sure Jordan can relate to it, but there's also a lot of opportunities on campus. And this fall, I'm looking forward to broadcasting soccer and volleyball games for the Green Knights. And other than that, classes are a little challenging here. Obviously, 
I'm sure for you, Drew, the transition from high school classes to college classes was a little, little surprising, but I mean, we're in, I'm in a nice routine now and professors are good here. Uh, people are nice here and there's a lot of resources if you ever need help to like get to it. Cause I mean, obviously being a student athlete is nice, but I truly understand now why students come first. Yep. Uh, good answer. And um, also, I mean, how are the class sizes looking? Does it compare kind of like Reedsville? Because I mean, a private school looking into that, that's, that's probably a great setting for you, like a smaller, smaller class sizes and whatnot. I mean, I'm not sure class sizes could ever get much smaller than Reedsville, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I do like the small college setting. Um, everything's close by. I'm not sure how it is that with you at Milwaukee, but I'm sure getting around campus can be a challenge sometimes. For me, yeah. it's not an issue at all. Everything's nice, compact in one location. And yes, class sizes are about, I want to say 20, 30 kids, but it, it just gives you a more opportunity to course with your professors, right? Get to know them more where you're like known as a person and not just as students. And that, that has a lot to do with how they like give you grades or how they handle your academic situation and whatnot. Yeah. And I mean, Milwaukee right now, I I'm in class sizes. I have some classes from 120 to 150. So we, it's oh, a little wow. different, little different there. And like Milwaukee, the campus, it's really built a lot. It's built, they built up like higher and whatnot. So there's a lot of tall buildings. It's still pretty, pretty compact for what you would think out of a big school, but yeah, it's certainly been different. Like you mentioned and, now we're going to go back to athletics and I want to talk about now because the season coming up, you mentioned something to me before we got on the air about going to Alabama. Do you want to talk more about that? Yes, I'd love to. So obviously track is a spring sport, but uh, I mean, college it's indoor and outdoor. So, and, but track is one of those sports where you should be in shape year round. So we've already started practice uh, literally the first day of class, we had a lifting session as a team. And it's really, really, I'd say a, a little more lighter now. But once we get into December, as we approach the winter, that's when it's going to get real. And that's when we have that trip to Alabama. So the day after New Year, we'll be going to Gulf Shores, Alabama for a little, little training session. I like to say, I like to consider it a tracks version of a, uh, spring training or like fall camp for football, but this is like obviously for track. And what our coach is wanting us to do is to like have heat treatments. So obviously in the winter months, no, no good for outdoor practice up here, but he wants to condition us a lot. And obviously there'll be a, there'll be fun times in Alabama. I'm sure. I mean, can't all be practice, right? But all in all, from what I've heard from upperclassmen, the Alabama trips, the funnest or the most fun event of the year and the least fun event of the year. So a little, little mixture. And then when we get home, we get a couple days rest and then on to the first indoor meet at Ripon college. Yeah. I mean, I never knew. I didn't, I couldn't imagine. I didn't know St. Norbert, the green Knights. I didn't know they make a trip to Alabama. So that's, that's pretty cool to hear. And yeah, like you mentioned, Saturday, January 22nd at 10.30 a.m. at Ripon, the college invitational, the first meet of the year for the Green Knights, and uh, you'll be there. So 
I mean, if anyone wants to go, hopefully, I don't know how attendance looks or works for the track meets, depending on with like COVID. I don't know if there's still, there's still some uh, attendance restrictions and whatnot, but you know, I, do you guys have like a, is there a home meet at all for you guys? Uh, for outdoors? Yes. I think we have, we have a couple small ones and then three of them. I got it. All right. April 14th. Yeah. 23rd and then 30th. All right. Yeah. But those will definitely be outdoor because our indoor facility is not really suitable for meets. Whereas Ripon has an entire indoor track facility. It's it's brand new. I had the privilege of participating in the first ever meet there back in high school. But yeah, looking, looking forward to the season a lot. Um, really a chance to see how much my work has paid off from the time track ended at state this year to, to now, to now. Yeah. It's, we'll see how much that summer training workout pays off. Yeah. And we'll certainly be checking out to see how you're doing here on the podcast. And yeah, the Northern athletics collegiate conference is what Johnny will be competing in this. I guess it's really winter is when it starts here. And, uh, I mean, do you want to talk about some of the schools in there? Like you mentioned to me before we got on for people who don't know the NACC, could you talk about some of the schools in the conference? Yeah, I can. Um, St. Albert is just out of the Midwest conference. We are now a part of the, what you said, the NACC and teams wise, almost like a lakeshore ranging from as far North as green Bay. So yeah, we're the first, this North school all the way down to a lot of schools in Milwaukee, Chicago. So like we have Concordia from both Milwaukee and Chicago. We have Wisconsin Lutheran. We have Loras college. We have Benedictine Dominican. Both of those are Chicago schools. Um, Aurora. And yeah, there a lot of, a lot of smaller schools. Lakeland's one of them too. That's out of uh, Sheboygan. But awesome. yeah, I'm looking, Looking forward to the competition this year. St. Orbit is one of those smaller powerhouse sleeper schools, I guess. And they frequently throw themselves against the UW system schools, which is good competition like for the school to go against. So I'm looking forward to competing against higher level three teams too. Yeah, this is a huge conference you guys are in team-wise. I mean, you were in the Big East in high school, which was also a huge conference, but <laughs> This, this conference, let me tell you, is huge as well. So, I mean, do you have any any final comments, any remarks, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not sure. I'm just looking forward. Just going to keep working at what doing what I love, which is jumping over a barn or a nice soft pit, and looking looking forward to the season. That's for sure. The student athlete experience is amazing. It's yeah, and- stressful, but it's amazing. And Jordan and I, we, we wish you luck coming this up this year. And yeah, I mean, keep doing well in the pod league as well. Maybe you'll, you'll actually, you maybe win the league. So we'll wait and we'll see, see, but we'll see. it's not looking too hot right now, but it's always great to have you on Johnny. And uh, you want to shout yourself out? Absolutely. Um, you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at uh, Johnny Tim. And by Johnny, no H please. Uh, I get that a lot. And then also go ahead and follow me on Instagram. It's at JohnnyTim25, all lowercase as well, no H. 
All right. Awesome. And then me, you know, drill Instagram, Twitter, Drew Skyberg, D R E W S K Y B E R G. So I mean that this is episode one of the Drew's college athlete spotlight. And we got some good guests coming up. We got some guys who are running cross country. Um, hopefully we can get a guy who plays basketball with at Milwaukee D one. We'll see if we can get him on to the goal, but yeah, to wrap it up. Um, thank you, John, yet again. I mean, it was great talking track with you and yeah. Um, thank you all for listening to another episode of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.